Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host, Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast episode. Today, I am here with Nancy and Tanya, two of my crewmates from Shadow Puppets, and we are going to be talking about how to cultivate a positive environment for women in street dance. So I just want to give a disclaimer right off the bat that we are going to be talking from our personal experience. We're not particularly experts by any means, but it's more so just like our personal experience as women in the street dance scene. And we're going to be talking about um, all of that. And I also do want to give a disclaimer as well that there may be some potentially triggering content. Um, If we do discuss that, we'll try and give a heads up. So if you want to continue listening to this episode and then you can just skip ahead on any parts um, that you may be particularly sensitive to. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and let everyone know that before they start listening to this episode. And if you just feel very sensitive about this subject in general, you may not want to listen, um, but I will leave that up to your discretion. So I hope you guys do listen and I hope that this is valuable for everyone. Um, But yeah, anyways, before we get into it, I do want to go ahead and give Nancy and Tanya the chance to introduce themselves. So Nancy, since this is your first time, I'll let you go ahead and kick it off. Oh, okay, cool. So, hi, I'm Nancy. I also go by Miki. Most people know me by Miki in the like freestyle community. So, but my actual name is Nancy. Um, I I joined the freestyle scene. I want to say it was like 2018, 17. So it's been like five, six years approximately. It's hard to tell because of COVID. You know, kind of threw my whole timeline off. But yeah, when I joined the scene, I didn't really know too many dancers outside of like a handful of people. Um, But I quickly started to make friends and meet people. And I feel like I constantly found myself with a group of friends when I was at battles or events or anything in the Chicago scene, mostly. Um, I'm in Florida now, so I'm still relatively new to the dance freestyle scene over here so my experiences that I talk about are going to be mostly from like my experiences in Chicago awesome thank you Nancy um Tanya do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself as well I know you've been on this podcast before but just a refresher for anyone who's tuning in for the first time (laughs) hi everyone Uh, yes I'll make it super short um Tanya moved to Chicago in 2014 and joined the scene here um 2018 so I had about four years break however I've been dancing since 2008 so like today I think it's going to be like a very rare opportunity for me to talk about two different countries two different like life stages and experience how how different it was and also some similarities um but yeah that's they've been Awesome. Okay, great. Thank you, guys. Um, So I really just want this to be like an open conversational forum. Usually we have a little bit more structure to these podcast episodes. But today I really just want to 
kick it off by talking about any particular personal experiences that come to mind that you guys really wanted to talk about and we can go from there. So are there any particular positive experiences that you guys have had as women in the dance scene? Sure. Yeah. So positive, I I wouldn't say particular, but like I mentioned, introducing myself when I joined the freestyle scene, I started to meet people and make friends. And I guess the positive thing there is that I was always in a group of people. So I always felt relatively like safe and encouraged because I had that, even if it was like two, three people, I had those two, three people that I was familiar with. And it's nice to have people that you're familiar with when you're joining any new space in general. It's not necessarily just dance, but it's not as scary. You kind of, you know, have people that you can talk to and be like, hey, like, is this normal? Or how does things how do things work here? Just like if you're a new, new person entering that kind of space, it's really helpful to just have at least like one or two people that know a little bit about it or have have more experience um, in that kind of scenario and, and um, environment. So for me, it was just meeting people. Um, People were relatively very friendly. So it was nice to just meet people and be able to make those kinds of acquaintances and friendships like right away when I entered it. I guess I can add. Um, so it's interesting because I I, I don't want to like focus on positive negative, just kind of like introduction in terms of uh, like joining the community. So originally when I started dancing, I was 14 years old. I was very... Um, introverted teenager so imagine like the most introverted person you know well that was me and i remember i was extremely scared to join the new community but what's interesting because um back home if you go to any dance class 90 percent will be women girls and women there were uh, there were a lot of teenagers uh back in the day too so it definitely like right now that i'm thinking it definitely like helped seeing okay i'm not like alone i'm not only one person who's trying to take like hip-hop house classes right when for example in contrast in chicago most of the classes will be male dominant and sometimes i think like right now i don't care but there is a difference between like being 29 years old and 14 years old and sometimes i think like if for example i was introduced to dance here how would it play it out in contrast to my original experience, if it makes sense. Yeah, so um, a couple of things that, that makes me think of. So first of all, I just wanna say like, my my experience joining the scene, I feel I was very fortunate um, because I was introduced to Shadow Puppets pretty early on. And most of the people that I met were just very welcoming, um, very friendly. And uh, I didn't really have much interaction with like super problematic people when I was getting started. Like I just, I just, I was fortunate enough to like meet the right people, I think, um, as well. So I'm very grateful for that. But I will say something that, Tanya, what you're kind of making me think of that I want to ask you guys is when you guys were joining, like, Tanya, you said you were surrounded by a lot of like females um, or like women when you first started. And so I guess I'm curious, uh, like for Nancy or Tanya, were there any particular people that um, were like mentors to you that were like women in the scene? Or did you guys primarily um, just have like mentors that were men? Yeah, so I actually 
before I started freestyling, um, I was doing like choreography. Like that is my dance background. I was doing like classes in the city, just with different companies and stuff. And I, one of the companies I was dancing for would bring in people from the freestyle community to kind of give us like a crash course in popping or a crash course in whacking. So I was introduced to Nessa and mm-hmm. So Swift Crew. And they were like some of the first women that I uh, remember meeting and like knowing in the freestyle community. And they were always very encouraging and, you know, positive and uh, welcoming. And then when I finally kind of like dove into the freestyle scene and decided I wanted to focus on popping, I met Katana or Cindy. And she was someone that I kind of clicked with immediately. And I think it was, that was, that's a good thing that you bring up. It was very like, I guess, helpful and comforting that I had like the front one friend, but not only was it a friend, like she was a woman too. So it was, I felt very safe entering places with her um, because I had like my friend there and she was a woman and, you know, any kind of uh, experience that I had, I could always relate it back to her and be like, Hey, like, you know, what do you think about this? Or you know, if I'm not familiar with something, I kind of had that person. And she definitely took me like under her wing and helped me get acclimated in the scene and kind of like meet people and just, it was just nice having that one person there. But even before her, it was like Nessa and So Swift Crew. Um, they were, they were always great too. And like very welcoming. Yeah, I think for me, um, I had like kind of a similar experience, but it was still different because when I first started going to Shadow Puppet sessions, I was actually going with a friend from uh, my college because I was majoring in dance at the time. And um, having her there, we were both new to the scene, so we didn't really have a lot of experience, but it was just like comforting to like have like a female friend in the space. And like, I would just argue like a friend in the space, like someone that I knew I could trust um, because I was just like entering this scene with a bunch of strangers. And um, like, I remember like, at the time, Alex was the first one to approach me. He just came up and was like talking to me and stuff like that. And so like, I like was very, very shy and introverted, um, similar to Tanya um, in the beginning. And it's like, it can be like a pretty, I guess, like uncomfortable environment because not only are you being like vulnerable in terms of like being in a room with strangers that you don't know, but you're also like being vulnerable, learning how to like freestyle and like dance, (laughs) which it can be very uncomfortable too. So I definitely think like, having like those support systems is very helpful when you're first getting started at least um but yeah tanya i don't know if you have anything that you want to add uh in terms of like mentors teachers now that i'm thinking about it um no because when i started even though there were like a lot of people taking classes who were women right uh but most of the teachers i would say probably 90 in contrast 90 percent of the teachers were men right like Mm -hmm. back home and then right here so like when i went back i didn't really take classes much only like t-box classes and that's it i connected with few people like um tatiana um and then of course our shadow puppets uh Mm -hmm. but yeah like in terms of like woman mentor it's just like no one was there every single like teacher and Rami was always a man for some reason. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like, um, 
to be honest, like even when I first going started going to Shadpopets, Tanya, you were pretty much the only woman who was there. And for a while, like you and I like didn't even like introduce ourselves because I was like so like I was hiding in the corner all the time. So like it was one of those things where it's like you and I didn't talk for quite some time until after like I had been talking to Alex more and he eventually like introduced us. But like um yeah, like even even in college, um a lot of the people that like were quote unquote like my mentors like in freestyle ended up being guys. Um so like it yeah, I, I would say I would agree that like I didn't really have a lot of um in terms of like mentors like uh women that I could like look up to and like help have help guide me like when it came to like learning freestyle and like being just in street dance and stuff. Um that was definitely more of a challenge to find that because it's not there's not there's not a lot of women in the street dance scene, unfortunately. Yeah, now that we've kind of talked a little bit about like I guess like our introduction journey to street dance and some of that, um, I do want to kind of pivot and maybe talk about um whether it's like as you were joining the scene or later on in your journey, like if you had any negative experiences, like particularly to your extent of like being a woman in the scene, like and how that like has informed your experience. Tanya, do you want to go first this time? Uh yeah, sure. I can go first. Mm -hmm. So let's say I was fortunate enough to have somewhat good experience throughout my entire journey because 14 to 29, like I'm still dancing, but uh the number of women and girls who joined and uh quit the dancing, like in a few years, the number is alarming. And we'll talk about issues um in a little bit of course but i remember when i was a teenager so first block i was fortunate enough, but once again it's because there were a lot of women around me and that helped so it wasn't as disproportional as it is in chicago right so experience back home uh, it was pretty smooth let's put it that way in chicago it's interesting that's something that probably like separates me a little bit from everyone I got married before I rejoined the scene, right? And you, you ladies, you know that I wore that, like I wore the ring, I don't have it on right now because I'm at home, but uh, I wore it as a shield, right? Because uh, every single time there was some uncomfortable conversation, some like slide on or whatever, like I pulled my ring on, not, not directly, but you know what I mean. I was like, oh, I'm married by, right? But amount of like inappropriate DMs I received while in Chicago is yes, it's alarming. It wasn't even alarming for me, right? And I have this shield. I know not everyone has it, and not everyone feels sometimes just you know say just leave me alone. Not everyone feels comfortable. So that's kind of like my experience. I don't want to like go into details because I'm pretty sure we'll discuss issues in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and whether we go into this now or later, I am curious to, I guess, and you don't have to go super in depth, but like to what the content of what we would consider an inappropriate DM, because believe it or not, a lot of people don't know what the, like what, I guess, like the boundaries are there. So maybe that's something that we can also explore is like what is appropriate versus like what's not appropriate. Because obviously, I think like in today's culture too, like sliding into people's DMs is very common. Um, it's like how people meet people, especially since we're in such like a virtual world now. Um, and it can be harder for people to meet people in person these days. Um, but I definitely think there is like a line 
that people very frequently cross and don't realize. So, um, cause I've also personally have had experiences where it's very uncomfortable. And I think, and again, we'll get into this in a bit, but like the power dynamics, like depending on who it is can also play a huge role in like how it feels when you receive like a message like that as well. But before we go on, I kind of want to hear from Nancy as well. See if um, you have anything you want to add. Um, I would say I'm kind of like in the same boat as Tanya a little bit. Like I feel pretty fortunate that because I met women almost immediately entering the scene, I always felt like I always had that friend. And I feel like when you are in a group or like have friends with you, it's less likely that someone approaches you directly and is like, hey, you know, because your friends are there and, you know, maybe this person's shy, whatever the case is. But um, so I feel like being, you know, how like as kids are like, there's safety in numbers. I really think that's true. Like the more people you have or the bigger group of friends you have that you're at a place with, I feel like you're just less approached directly. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll also being the fact that I've been in a relationship majority of my adult life. Like, so I feel like I kind of use that as a shield too. Like I always had that as like, a, oh, um, I have a boyfriend or, oh, I have a partner. Like, oh yeah, no, you know. And I feel like that has always helped in a little bit, you know, like, cause it kind of is that tells that person like right off bat, oh, okay, they're off limits or whatever. Um, so I've just been fortunate to kind of have like that group of friends as well as my relationship and kind of using, I don't want to say using that, but like in a sense, having that as like a, a form of protection or you know for me I feel like it was a form of protection against any like really inappropriate or anything um negative really coming about or happening mm -hmm. gotcha yeah and just to address like the dm's question I think the biggest problem I noticed is people don't understand no no means no right so just to give like one scenario that happened here in Chicago and that happened maybe like about 2018, 19. So, you know, there is probably every single scene has this person where like, oh, I like your dance style. Do you want a session one-on-one, -on -one? right? I was like, well, one of my no, but, and of course like, oh, I'm really interested in popping. I'm like, okay, we have our shadow puppet sessions. So yeah, it was probably 2018 because we didn't have popping sessions back then. Um, I was like, we can join. I was like, no, but I want to learn directly from you. I was like, yeah, you can come to our sessions and I can show you like some drills or some foundation if you want. I was like, no, I think it would be better one-on-one. -on -one. I was like, no, I don't think so. And so this is not like direct, but you get what I'm saying, right? And it wasn't just one person, unfortunately. And it's just like, no means no. And people don't understand it. So yes, that's like the yeah. address your question DM because we're like people. I do. I, I do want to expand on that because I've had a very similar experience, um, especially when it comes to like, I just want to warn people against like the whole idea of sessioning one-on-one, -on -one, um, especially when it is someone of the gender that you're interested in and um, you don't know them that well. Uh, like, and especially if they're newer to the scene um, because that, borders on grooming right um that can be like a huge issue i remember when i was first getting into the street dance scene um i actually competed at 
a battle as a part of my <laughs> requisites for a, my course at Columbia. Um, it was one of the Columbia battles. And um, one of the judges who was judging this event, they were a part of the street dance community and I was still relatively new. And they approached me after they saw um, my battle round, which was very cringeworthy, by the way. But um, according to like Columbia standards, it was good. Um, but <laughs> uh, I, I cringe watching it back today. But this person approached me and was like, oh, like, I really love your style. Like, I'd love the session um, one on one. And I told them because uh, I was going to the Shadow Puppet sessions at the time. And I was like, oh, why don't you come through and like we can session there first? Um, just like because I'm there every week and they were like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to, you know, like, it, like, I think like that's like a problem when it's like, especially when it's someone who's new to the scene and you're you've been in the scene for a while and you're trying to kind of pressure them into like a one on one session when there's very clearly like a public forum to session with someone you don't know that well. And it's like, why? Like, why would you not feel comfortable sessioning in public with other people around, but you insist on sessioning one on one? Like, that's very, like, problematic to me. And I found out later, too, that this was a pattern for this person. Um, and one of my friends um, sessioned one on one with this person and was made very uncomfortable. There was a lot of... Um, and I'm just going to give a little disclaimer here that this might be something people want to skip if they find it triggering. But um, my friend, like... During the session, he was just kind of like trying to get her to open up about like her sexuality, like through her dance and was like, kind of like, like, I wouldn't like he wasn't groping her, but he was like, kind of like touching her and like, like trying to get her to like open up and like do stuff like that um, without even asking her if she was comfortable with it. And to me, like, that's like super problematic. Um, and that's definitely like grooming behavior and like is like not okay. And so that's definitely something like for women who are new to the scene, I really would just like advise against sessioning one-on-one -on -one, um, with uh, people who insist on doing that. Like, I just think that it's not appropriate. Um, so I don't know if you guys have had any similar experiences, but that was one in particular that like, I was fortunate enough that like, I was with Shadow Puppets at the time and, you know, was able to be like, hey, like, why don't you come to this public session with me? Um, but had I not known any better, like it could have been very easy for me to fall into that trap as well. So yeah, it's like kind of freaky, even just thinking about the possibility of it, to be honest. Um, but yeah. Can I say something real quick? So here, I like forgot about this incident and then hearing you guys talk about it, I just remembered that something similar happened with me when I came to Florida. So like I came to a whole different state and I remember I, I was in a battle uh, and then at the end of the battle, um, I met some dancers and one of the dancers reached out to me on social media, like af way after the fact. And he was like, oh, you know, like if you ever want a session, like you can come to my house. And I was like, I just met you. Like, why would I go to your house, sir? Like, I don't. We just met. I literally don't know anything about you. Um, and kind of like you, what you said, Jude, like if I didn't know any better, you know, I would maybe be like, yeah, sure. But I definitely agree that there's no reason just meeting someone to be sessioning one-on-one. -on -one. Like if you feel like that feels weird, 
you're probably right. Like go with your gut because there's, there's just kind of like no reason for it. You can easily meet in a public setting or with a group of people. And it's the same thing, you know, you guys can go off to the side if that's really what it, um, the person's trying to get you to like train or show you something like mm-hmm. you don't have to be one-on-one inside someone's house that you don't even really know that well. Yeah. And I think too, just speaking to like the power dynamic, especially when someone's newer to the scene, it's like they're trying to leverage like their clout and leverage their experience mm-hmm. and be like, oh, well, I can teach you. And someone who might be really eager to learn and maybe isn't thinking about that, like could very easily, like I said, fall into that trap where it's like, okay, well, I really want to learn. And like, I don't know anyone in the scene yet. So like, this is like all that I know. And so it can be very easy, especially if you don't know anyone yet. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's like your real only real connection to like learning um, something. Cause I remember when I first started um, getting into popping and animation and stuff like it took me forever to find people like in the scene. Like it's not super accessible. Like you really have to look for it. And so as someone who's like very early on, like if you don't have access to that entire community yet, like if you meet one person and then they try and pull you into that, um, it can be like very easy for people to just be like, well, this is like my only resource for information right now. Um, right. And so it can be hard to say no to that too. So um I just think that it's definitely like a very um, unfortunate like power dynamic as well. Yeah, just wanted to add something really quick. Um, I think as women, we have really good gut instinct, right? And um, why why I want to like make like a quick uh, point. I personally like I've done one on one sessions where it wasn't about like it was more about the exchanging right and it's uh it was like with people who uh, i like they were not my friends but i knew them and i was genuinely like okay i really think this exchange will help both of us right and there were no no red flags right so like i don't want to just remove this entire one-on-one it's a bad thing right uh but definitely like watch out for red flags and like if you got a seller you like something is off like listen to it um, yeah, just want to address mm-hmm. it because I don't want people to be like, oh, that's it. No more one-on-one session, never mm-hmm. again. Um, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And I, I agree with you because like, I will say too, like there, you need to vet someone first before you session with them one-on-one, in my opinion. Like, for example, right. Um, Alex was like a huge mentor for me. Um, my friend and I would go over to his place, the two of us and session with him. And we did that for like months before I felt comfortable sessioning with him one-on-one. And I had also met Tanya at that point and like other people in Shadow Puppets and like had a good feeling for like his personality and stuff by that point to like be like, okay, like this guy like seems legit. Like it's not like some creep, right? So I think like, like if you, like if someone wants to like session with you and they feel comfortable doing it like in a public forum or with other people first and you're able to at least vet them to an extent and like build some sort of rapport, and then you want a session one-on-one sure like there's no there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever um right so yeah i definitely agree with that too so we've kind of talked a little bit about um i guess one major red flag to look out for which is you know inviting people for like one-on-one sessions when you don't know them or when they're new to the scene um that's just like one sign of grooming um i guess i'm curious uh have you guys had any other experiences whether it's your own experience or things that you've like heard or seen happen to other people that could be like red flags for people to look out for. 
I think it's kind of like Tanya said earlier, like when a person tells you or shows you signs of like discomfort or like that they clearly like say no or they're not interested to like take that hint like this is for anyone I guess like um because I've definitely had a situation where again I was meeting a new dancer and they essentially were contacting me like nonstop on social media like like to the like I wasn't even responding because I was busy and they just were nonstop contacting me and it was like at nighttime like you know it's kind of I understand maybe during the day if you're you know bored or something but like nighttime is just like a whole different it kind of gives like a different sign you know and I feel like you should you we're all adults we should be fully aware we don't contact our bosses at nighttime, right? Because that's inappropriate. Like we we know what's inappropriate and what's appropriate. So I think just like constantly trying to talk to someone who's either shown you very directly that they're not interested or even if they haven't had the opportunity to respond or they don't feel comfortable being very direct with you, like taking hints like, hey, you know, if you're whether you're the person that's kind of doing it or if it's happened to you like being in that situation where you're just kind of constantly being pursued or tried to like being talked to and you're just already at the point where you're like no like no I'm I'm good no thank you not interested um and just yeah understanding what's appropriate and not appropriate yeah I think too like I I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into this because this is something I've had conversations with to my male friends um, and like their like, I guess, perspective on it, because to be like, quite frank, and this is, you know, the like entirety of society's like fault for this. Right. Um, I think oftentimes women are, you know, we are basically like socially, what's the word for it? Um, <laughs> conditioned, like socially conditioned to like not feel comfortable always saying no or necessarily being direct I think too sometimes at least in my experience there are instances where like my gut's telling me like oh I think this person's like interested or trying to flirt but like I don't want to be presumptuous and then say something and then it's awkward or embarrassing right um and so like I think oftentimes because of that and also because like it can just be uncomfortable for us to say outright like hey like I'm not interested, um, that can, you know, contribute to confusion um, on like the male end where it's like, they don't get a direct no. And so they're kind of like, they don't know where the boundaries are. And like some guys, unfortunately, like not saying that they shouldn't know this and I'm not excusing like behavior that's like, you know, excessively persistent um, when they're given clear hints that the other person's not interested. But um that being said, like some guys genuinely don't have that social awareness. And so I guess like, in my opinion, like I think there A, needs to be more education for men as to what's appropriate, but there also needs to be um, like for women, like we need to be able to encourage them and make them feel more comfortable saying no, like directly. And um, I think that's just something that we need to be like more open about. But yeah, I guess like, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that that you want to add to, but that is definitely something that like, I think about a lot because I've been in situations where I think like in my opinion are clearly inappropriate, but the guy may not be aware that it is, um, but then they should be aware. But then there are also instances where 
I think is inappropriate, but then I'm like, well, maybe in that case, like it's actually my responsibility to be more direct about like not feeling comfortable with it too. So um, yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything to add, but. Yeah, uh, actually I would like to, I recall one situation and it happened, I don't know, I think like a year, two years ago. So yeah, there is, a, of course, there is difference like in person and online. People you know, you don't know. Uh, and I think like, I recall the situation because you start talking that people sometimes not aware that things they do not saying is messed up. So just to give you like quick overview of what happened. Uh, so you know how sometimes like you post videos, someone like, oh, dope pro, but whatever, right? Uh, and it's just like, okay, cool, cool. Like where you're from? Yeah, that's cool. Everything is fine. So this person like occasionally would comment on the videos and then it was like, oh, I'm actually into writing, like short form writing. Uh, I'm like looking for kind of like better readers or whatever. Like, do you mind if I send you some stuff? And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's probably not even going to read it to be honest, but it's like, if it makes you feel better, sure. Um, so he sent one, one thing and I'm like, okay, I scroll through it. But the second time he sent it, so first of all, he used my name without asking me if it's okay for him to use my name. And the second character has his name and that entire like mini novel or whatever had sexual contest in it. Of course, I'm like uncomfortable as hell reading this. And I, I ask him like, first of all, you should ask me if it's okay for you to use my name. This entire text is not comfortable for me. So he apologized and everything. And then later he just started like, um, almost like stalking on social media. You know, when you go and then like you have like videos and posts from like five years ago and everything is getting liked and commented. So at this point I'm like, you know what, dude, this is weird. I'm sorry. Like, no, sorry, not sorry. I blocked him. I blocked him and like five minutes later on the, our Shadow Puppets account, he's like, oh, I cannot see her profile anymore. And I'm like, dude, this is weird as hell. And even though like, I don't know you in person, I know you totally like different state. This made me feel uncomfortable, even though there is like a few states between us, right? But the thing is like, I'm not even sure if he realized that stuff uh, was messed up, right? I'm like, almost 100% positive that he was not aware. But also it's like, it's not my job to tell him that this is messed up, right? Because if it was person I knew and it was direct information, sure. But I think there is so much bullshit that we have to deal on a daily basis. I I don't know, I, maybe something that you ladies can add, like, is it our job to tell every single guy who's doing some like messed up stuff that it's messed up and explain him why because at that moment i just felt comfortable i'm like i'm not talking to this person it's not worth it and i don't even know you in person so that's why like the blocking is usually the way to go um but yeah i don't know if you have any um anything to add to this so okay to answer what you just said tanya i'm kind of on the same boat as you like i don't think i'm responsible I don't think I'm the I'm the one who needs to tell if I'm constant or not constantly. Okay, let me say if I have several instances where I'm made to feel uncomfortable or someone keeps pushing and is like, hey, 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 this is happening. You know, it's happened several times in several situations. I always know when it's wrong. When I tell people about it, for the most part, most people are like, what? That's whack. How is it that this person? is an adult, you know, if they have access to the internet, just how I have access to the internet. Like if we have access to the same things, 
why do I know more than you do? Like, I just don't think it's my responsibility to try and like help people understand that what they're doing is wrong. One, two, even when women do say no, there's consequences that come with that dangerous consequences that come with that. And we've seen so many times over and over again, that you can be direct, you can set your boundary. And sometimes people still don't care. And on top of that, it makes them angry. They get triggered and then they feel like, oh, you know, this person's humiliated me. Like I need to do something about this now. So it's like, it's, it's, I don't have the answer, but I just know that, you know, us being responsible or, um, I'm going to say like women in this particular instance, cause I'm a woman. And like, what I'm talking about is instances with men. I've never had another woman like constantly try and approach me or constantly like, you know, doing appropriate things that make me uncomfortable. I've had men do these things. So when it comes to that, I don't think it's my responsibility as a woman to constantly have to correct men. Like, because like Tanya said, we have a lot of shit that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And like, these are things that are constantly happening. It's like, I can't always be the one to be like, hey, and even if I were to be that one, it's not always the safe option for me to be super direct, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm actually going to take this out of the context of dance for a moment, just for the example that I'm going to use, because um, this is something that we just deal with as women in life, right? It's not always dance specific. This is like a life issue. And for me, like, for example, an instance where I've not felt comfortable saying no is being approached on the street. Um, I'll be walking. Um, I have my headphones in, like I'm just doing my own thing. And I've had like, I'll be waiting for the bus or something. And I'll have some guy come up to me and talk about how good I look and ask for my phone number and stuff like that. And like, maybe he's with his buddy, right? And in that moment, I'm like, I want to say no. Like, I'm not interested. I don't want to give you my phone number. Please leave me alone. Like, I want to say that. And I'm uncomfortable saying no. Like, because I'm like, this guy's with his friend. Like, I don't, like, if he feels comfortable just, like, randomly approaching someone on the street and, like, making comments about, like, how I look and asking for my number without even having, like, a normal human conversation with me first, like, instantly, like, I'm just, like, uncomfortable, right? Um, Like, I don't know. It's... One of those things too where yeah like i think in general like again we have been conditioned to not feel comfortable saying no and for good reason because sometimes like you said nancy it can have like dangerous repercussions for us and so even in instances where i do think yes like maybe we can try and you know educate more by setting those boundaries more clearly even in like more innocent situations right where it's just like someone's just like asking you out or something like that and it's very like not pushy or harmful or crossing a boundary but like we still feel uncomfortable right like those are more so the instances where i'm talking about like feeling comfortable saying no but like because of those more you know riskier instances that we've had it does inform like our ability to be able to say no in those more innocent situations as well and so like i agree like that that is a great question like who if not us like who should be accountable right and like i think like for me, I, I believe in joint accountability in like most things in life. Like there's only so much like us as women can do. And I don't want to say that like, it's not my responsibility altogether. Um, I will do like what I feel I am comfortable with and am capable of. 
Um, but at the same time, like I think this becomes a situation too where it's like, how can men support women in these situations too? Like, right, talking about like I, I don't like to use the word allies, but like male allies, right? Um <laughs> and like how can we like educate like the men in our lives as to like what is appropriate and then have them educating other men and like if they see problematic behavior standing up for us and stepping in too right like i think that that's super valuable because unfortunately like like you said nancy like a lot of times like men do not respect women's boundaries and they will respect a man's boundaries and that's unfortunate that that's just like the way that it is but like i think because of that like we do need to have more men standing up for women in the scene and i feel very fortunate that like we are surrounded by a lot of really great guys that do that, um, which can be like a whole other conversation. But yeah, I definitely agree with what both of you guys have said. So there's a, so there's this um, quote, I guess you could say it's like a quote um, that actually my boyfriend taught me. And he says, it's up to the men of society to stop the men in society. And it's, it kind of goes with like, there's, there's, gonna be men who are more emotionally intelligent and more aware of like what is appropriate and what isn't whether they were taught that whether they learned that educated themselves on that those are almost I don't want to say good guys but those are guys who are like like you said allies guys who know better right and I've had situations where I've had men um that have approached me and after I you know was like oh if I felt comfortable in that situation I was like oh I'm sorry I'm not interested I'm not actually you know already in a committed relationship I I remember specifically I had a guy friend who after that happened he was like hey I'm sorry like I hope me approaching you didn't make you feel uncomfortable and if it did like I apologize and I was shocked like I was because most men would never do that but I was shocked when he did and I felt so like like a sigh of relief because I'm like gosh this isn't an awkward interaction it doesn't have to be weird it's him letting me know like hey I you know I wanted to approach you I did I see that you're not interested and I want to let you know I'm sorry if like I made this weird or I wasn't trying to come off weird so I think it's like yeah like I think Mm -hmm. the the more men who are aware and who understand like how to approach women or like what is appropriate and what isn't we need them to kind of say something. We need them to speak up. We need them to like talk to their homies because who like who else is going to do it if 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 they're not going to listen to us, they're going to listen to men. Like, you know, it's like what you just said, Jude. Sometimes men respect men more, period. You know, like sometimes men will tap an attitude with me if I'm by myself. But whenever I'm with my boyfriend, they don't even think twice like to even look my way or even you know there's like a mutual respect because it's another man so I don't know I think sometimes like if you're one of those men who gets it I feel like it is your responsibility to let your homies know or those homies of homies know like hey this is this isn't cool maybe don't do this or that you know Hello everyone, this is Jude from the future. I'm currently in the process of editing this podcast episode and due to the length of the conversation that I had with Tanya and Nancy, I've gone ahead and decided to split this into two parts. I really hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to the first part so far and um, this will conclude the first part of this episode, but please stay tuned for part two, which will be coming very, very soon. I really think that this conversation is 
something important that needs to continue. And I hope that people find this valuable. I hope that this can continue to start other discussions around this topic and we can just have more transparency um, into a lot of the issues that we're facing as a community. So thank you guys so much again. Um, and again, please stay tuned for part two. It's very, very insightful. I've already finished editing it. So as soon as um, it's time for me to post my next podcast episode, this part two will be up and um, we'll continue the conversation. Well, thank you guys so much again. And I will talk to you all next time. 